You're listening to the Strong Towns Podcast. everybody. This is Chuck Marone. Welcome back to the Strong Towns Podcast. This campaign season, our leading political candidates indicated that they wanted to make some game-changing investments in infrastructure. In a nation that is deeply divided on so many fundamental issues, the need for large investments in infrastructure is seemingly one place where we have a consensus. At Strong Towns, we understand that America's approach to growth and development is bankrupting our cities. And this begs the question, if we're committed to spending more money on infrastructure, how do we do it in a way that actually makes us better off? Today, I've got on the line a uh, Strong Towns member, a uh, super member from Austin, Texas, Hayden Blackwalker. Hayden's been on the podcast before. She is an urban planner. She's an advocate. She sits on an, a number of boards and has worked on a number of plans in the Austin area. She's written for us on the site. You, you've seen her during our No New Roads Week writing about a project to cut and cap I-35 through the urban core of Austin. Hayden, it's great to uh, have you back on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you, Chuck. It's great to be here. We haven't seen each other for such a long time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it was really nice having you in Texas. I'm glad you were able to, to swing through and, and spend a couple of days with us. I think your message made a, a big difference in Austin. I know it did, and I'm sure it did in, in Dallas and San Marcos and all the other places you were visiting at the same time. I really feel very comfortable talking with people in Texas. We have a common language, and I, I love being there. And I have to thank you specifically for helping set up that meetup. My gosh, we did a meetup a year ago, and it was well attended. Oh, this one was like triple the size. <laughs> this huge it was huge. It was. And it, and, it, and it came together at the last minute, which was made it even more impressive that so many people showed up. I heard so many great conversations going on all, all over the patio. <laughs> yeah, I, I did too. I had to drive to Arlington that night and I kind of had on my watch, like, I got to get going at seven uh, if I'm going to, you know, be there at a decent time. And I couldn't pull myself away. I think it was like 8.30 when I left. Finally, <laughs> there's so many cool people there. And yeah, the conversation was fantastic. By the time this runs, uh, we're recording this a week uh, so ahead of the election. But by the time this gets edited and, and out the door, the election will have happened. So we, we don't know the results at this point. In a bigger sense, I, I want to you to react to this idea that we need a large surge in infrastructure spending. You know, both candidates, Hillary Clinton has said, you know, we need to spend hundreds of billions on, on infrastructure. She has a detailed plan. Donald Trump's response to that is, you know, take whatever she said and double it. We've got kind of a consensus that we need a very large infrastructure bill. On the face of it, from your position there in Austin, what's your reaction to, to that notion just off the bat? My reaction to that is it worries me. And the, the reason it worries me is because for the last four years, I've been working on I-35 in Austin and learning more and more about how the funding of these kinds of projects kind of trickle through the system. And, you know, my personal experience is, is that very few people at the local level are paying attention 
to what happens on I-35 because to them it's a federal project. There's very little recognition from the people who actually live here that they are, in fact, helping to pay for that project. What I see is that the funds are really, they're so carefully hidden under multiple layers of bureaucracy that people don't understand where the money comes from. They assume that it's all gas tax and they assume it's all federal and so it doesn't directly impact them, which I think is a false assumption. And then a side to that is I was recently at a conference where there were representatives and really great people, really smart people from both the U.S. Department of Transportation and the Federal Highway Administration. And in every case, when I talked to those people, they had no idea that this project was going on or what it would cost or where we were in the process. And so I I worry that maybe it's good to be saying we need to spend money on infrastructure, but if the if the people who are in charge ultimately of that money at the federal level don't even know what's going on at the local level, I'm not sure we're making the best choices for the people that live in the communities that are affected by the project. The last time we spoke about the, the CAP project on 35, I think it was at CNU in Dallas. Uh-huh. Our podcast audience is like four times or five times the size Back then. So maybe we should just for everybody. Can you give us just an overview of that project? Because it's fascinating. And it's also Austin is in this case on the leading edge of something that I think a lot of urban areas are going to be dealing with over the, you know, the next generation, really. I completely agree. I think it's an important national conversation that we need to be having because of that, because so many communities are going to face this. So in Austin, essentially, there's the Texas Department of Transportation, TexDOT, has proposed adding a managed lane, a variable toll lane in each direction, one in each direction. And that project goes from Georgetown, Texas, which is about 30 miles north of us, to San Marcos, Texas, which is about roughly 30 miles south of us. It's a $4.6 billion project, you know, and I don't know what a billion dollars is. I, I don't think anybody else really understands how much a billion dollars is. It's really a huge is, sum of right? money. Right. Totally. Yeah. It's a huge sum of money. Yeah. The concern is that, and I think, I think communities all across the country face this, where you have highways that cut through urban areas. And Austin, as we all know, has gone from being a kind of a sleepy little college town to, you know, the top of everybody's best of list. Um, and so we have, you know, a lot of traffic congestion. And the concern is that because I-35 was built in the 1950s, the infrastructure is, according to TechSight, at the end of its lifespan. And in some places, they will be able to do sort of minor adjustments to the highway. And in some places, they'll basically, like downtown Austin, they were basically tear out the highway completely and completely rebuild it. And so then the conversation that's really difficult is about, you know, whose values get prioritized in that conversation. And traditionally, the value that has been prioritized is the sort of state and federal perspective that this is an interstate highway and we're going to push as much traffic through as we possibly can as quickly as we can. You know, and in Austin, 
the highway runs north south. So, you know, they're prioritizing that long distance north south trip as much as they can. And from our perspective, we're sitting in a city that's economically pretty prosperous, is growing really quickly. And, you know, I 35 has a really negative impact on the eastern edge of our downtown. And we've been saying, can't we look at this highway in a way that also prioritizes the east-west trip because the highway is more of, is really a barrier. Not only prioritizes the east-west trip, but starts to stitch the city back together, creates a, a walkable environment, a bikeable environment, an environment that transit could actually use is economically more viable. You know, how do we create an environment that potentially there could be additional tax space in that area where, you know, right now, what you have is mostly what we call road rash along the highway. You know, it's fast food drive-throughs and gas stations. You know, I think it, it comes down to that that problem that I think cities are going to are facing. That you know, you really have if you're going to make this massive investment, it's probably the last time you're going to make that massive investment. So we have a once in a lifetime opportunity to get that investment right. And if we're only looking at one set of variables, we may be solving for the wrong variable, but we're not slowing down long enough to actually consider the variable we're solving for, which is pushing traffic through. The fascinating thing to me about the project is that if we just focus on throughput, we spend a lot of money. But if we actually kind of balance objectives and say, hey, maybe we could have throughput for part of this, but for part of it, we really should be conscious that we're, we're going through a city. We're actually talking about billions of dollars, you know, and like you said, who can really fathom a billion, but we're talking billions of dollars of new tax base potential that is essentially today being squandered by the highway construction. I got that right, right? I mean, we're we actually are looking at being able to kind of build things up along the edge of of what today is just kind of lost space. That's exactly true. And as a friend of mine points out, and I think he's exactly right, you know, Austin prides itself on our high-tech industry. And really, we're in competition to attract both employers and you know, the kind of people that work in high tech, you know, our competition is not necessarily other Texas cities. Our competition are cities like San Jose and Seattle and, you know, New York City. And what Austin has to offer is our quality of life. And just building a bigger highway like every other city in the country really doesn't increase our quality of life and probably degrades it, you know, but there doesn't seem to be a lot of recognition of that so far. <laughs> right, right. So at the national level, if, if we were to spend, say it's a, it's a fait accompli, it's a given, there will be a, a massive infrastructure bill. It will allocate, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars in infrastructure spending. How would you say that money would best be distributed? If, you know, Congress were to call you to testify and say, okay, and we're spending this money how do you think it should go down? How do you think that money should be allocated out of Washington, D.C.? Well, I think there should be recognition that, you know, our DOT is the Texas Department of Transportation. It's not the old Texas Highway Department. And I think there should be recognition that Austin has a finite amount of 
real estate and our all of our major roads are congested and people are basically begging for better mass transit and hopefully light rail. And that's not a conversation that we're having. All of the money is going to expanding the highway. So, you know, if I could wave my magic wand and say, let's spend this building some sort of infrastructure, I would advocate for spending it on sidewalks and urban trails and protected bike lanes and transit and a whole active transportation and transit transportation network that actually moves people much more efficiently and actually benefits the the local community, the people who live here, not the long distance trip. If I wanted to see that happen, who would I give the money to? Who would be the one that I would most likely, if I gave the money to, I would most likely see those kind of outcomes or, or does that, does that entity not exist today? I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I would say the city government, you know, the, the mayor and city council. There's a part of me, and I think you agree with this. There's a part of me that says, if we give it, like, let's say we just give it to TextDot, which I think is kind of the old school standard way to do it. You know, we're, we're likely at the top five TextDot highway projects, but not the types of things that you're asking for. Does this money need to bypass them then? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think I think we have seen over and over again that when it goes to TechStot, it gets spent on these kind of projects. And even when it goes to the Metropolitan Planning Organization, you know, and it, around here it's Campo. You know, the MPO is basically run by TechStot, even though it's supposed to be separate. I mean, the MPO did a new modeling forecast for the entire region and it was delayed because TechStot hadn't approved it. You know, why is why is the DOT have a say in what's supposed to be an agnostic modeling forecast from the MPO? I think it's just more layers of ways to hide the money. So yeah, I mean, if I had my way, I would say it bypasses the state and it bypasses the MPO, and the local jurisdictions should have a larger say in the way they spend money on their community, in part because I feel like the the people that we elect to our city council and and our mayor have a much more direct responsibility to the people that elected them. I mean they have to they have to look us in the eye on a regular basis. Right, you know? right. I mean, I, I run into them in the grocery store, you know? I mean, I, I, I never see my state senator. Right, you know? right. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say one of the things that I, I, we see a lot, Hayden, is that when cities, you know, get this kind of money, they, they also have like their backlog of big projects. A lot of times the federal government too will come in and say, hey, uh, we'll give you this money if you, you know, go out and borrow a bunch of money and match it or take money from your maintenance fund uh, to match our money. You've worked at the local level enough and you've seen some of those kind of things happen. Is there a way to give this money to the city to actually get the kinds of projects that you think you know, should be coming through the pipeline? I, I mean, yes, I, I think that there should be some strings attached. I don't think it should be spent without oversight. I think that there should be some federal oversight. 
to me, I mean, I guess this is a tangent, but, you know, the Federal Highway Administration, FHWA, has ceded all environmental authority to TxDOT. So, you know, they're not really watching the state money now, in my opinion, through the NEPA process the way that they used to. So I, I think we need a system that actually works where the federal government is paying attention to how the money spent. It's not really exactly the question you, you asked, but one of my frustrations and one of my gut level reactions to that is that I think that there ought to be more transparency, more comparing apples to apples in the way that transportation money is spent. And I guess I explain it this way, you know, the difference in scale and the way that we spend transportation money is vast. The I-35 project costs over $66 million per mile. Well, no sidewalk ever costs that. And so I guess if, if I could attach conditions to federal money at the local level, I would like to see a lot more transparency about how that money gets allocated and kind of the, you know, the bang for the buck for lack of a better <laughs> analogy, right? I mean, I think the way that we currently finance big infrastructure projects, it's so convoluted that people actually think that highways are free, you know, or, or very close to it. You know, we have a, a bond on the ballot on Tuesday, right? So everybody's arguing about whether $125 million is the right amount of money to be spending on sidewalks and urban trails and bike lanes and dedicated transit lanes, right? And that's an important conversation. And because that money, because we have to raise our property taxes, we have to directly tax ourselves to get that money. It's a very robust conversation. Whereas what comes through the federal pipeline for projects that have a huge impact on the community get no attention at all because we don't ever feel the impact. So I guess I would hope that if money came from the federal government directly to local jurisdictions, that there would also be some sort of mechanism for really looking at our, our transportation options and how much they cost in comparison to each other and not hiding that money so that nobody understands how it gets allocated or how much gets spent. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time to chat with us. I love your answers because I, I sense, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I feel like you're voicing a frustration of like, you're trying to do microsurgery and all you have are like hacksaws, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's very true. And I think there's a whole, there's a whole hacksaw industry out there, right? So you're fighting the whole highway industrial complex that grew up around these projects that, that has no incentive to change and doesn't really want to. I mean, that's how they, that's how they put dinner on the table. Right. <laughs> right. I think there's a place for those people in a different approach, but it will be different, mm -hmm. right? It will be different than the way they make their money today. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I agree. Hayden, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, Chuck. Have a great day. You too. Have fun in Austin. Stay uh, okay. <laughs> Stay weird, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. It's, uh, that's right. Keep Austin weird. That's, that's our motto. And it's, 
Yeah, it's interesting. It's hard to do that when you're growing. Things change a lot and sometimes for the better and sometimes not. So we'll see what the future holds. <laughs> well, keep Austin friendly and beautiful because that's, that's been my experience. Okay. So take care. Bye-bye. Yes. Yeah. Thanks. Bye-bye. And thanks, everybody, for listening today. Keep doing what you can to build a strong town. Take care. We need your help. If you think a strong town's message is important, don't keep it to yourself. Pass it on. You can get more information and sign up to be a member of Strong Towns at strongtowns.org. Drastic times require what? Drastic measures, yes! Who said that? They know that America's one big pothole right now. Bill, 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 Bill. That's the story. Chuck Marone, this has been fascinating. Oh, Magnet City! I like you. I like your vision of the, of the world. The United Nations Earth Summit. Agenda 21. Yeah.